you need a, an expectorant. Loosen up that phlegm. Get it out of your body. That phlegm in your body. Come on, Reggie. Give us Mother 3. Thompson Crusade Podcast. There's a whole six minutes of me rambling about me being sick, but I'm not going to put that in this time because they don't give a fuck, Nick, what I am going through. You can't spell preamble without ramble. That is accurate. This is Thompson Crusade Podcast. <laughs> I'm E.J. Olsen. This is Nick Derive. He's making jokes, and I'm here. I'm, I'm still alive. I feel okay. I feel fine compared to where I was last week. We had to take a weird... Uh, mid pre news week podcast thing because I was having a tooth removed and blah, blah, blah. We missed a lot. A lot of things that shook Twitter. Nick rocked it. Leave it to Twitter to be shook. Dude. Well, even the things that we are going to talk about, some of these aren't that big of a deal once you kind of get into it. But again, it rocked Twitter like the Microsoft coming to the Nintendo switch. That was the headline Xbox live on Nintendo switch. And everyone freaked out. Yeah. Leave it. To everyone to blow that out of proportions. Totally out of proportion. But it was all over the place. And of course, I'm like, well, we record two weeks ago to bank a pod. And here we are with all this fucking juicy stuff. Surprise game releases. Fortnite dead. Nintendo doomed. Nintendo doomed. So, okay, we have this beautiful Bible that you provided for us. Provided in every aspect except for I didn't go into the, the Xbox Live thing. I forgot. That's but fine. I'm, I'm That's hoping fine. that you got like an article pulled that has what they posted on the GDC uh, website or whatever that source was. We can make it happen. But I'm going to let you drive this ship here. We got three things we're talking about here. Oh, we're talking games we're playing. That's what we're going to do before we get into the news. Let's do a rundown. What the heck's been yeah. going on? We've actually been... I've been playing some games. Oh, how... Have you been playing I've some played games? I've played a lot of games. I was fucking homesick for, for literally a whole week. I missed a whole week of work. Yeah, you're laid out. I mean, that could just mean office time for you. And when I say that, I mean the office. But what did you play? Tell me first. Dude, okay. Well, you inspired me to get Wargroove. You were like, I've been playing Wargroove. I said, how'd you like it? And you're like, oh, it's nice. I said, it's nice? Like, it's like Fire Emblem, but f- Advance Wars. And so I watched uh, two reviews and I said, fuck it. I'm going to get it. On a whim, okay? Like I say, I, I take a recommendation and then I do thorough research. On a whim, okay? I'm not even thinking about it. That's about as whimsical as you get. That's true. I have to verify my 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 whims before I act upon them. Uh, but yeah, Wargroove, which we'll talk about in a sec. But other than that, just I played Splatoon, I played Kart, I played Smash Bros. I played a lot of Smash Bros. I played with Daniel every single day. Yo, he is legitimately getting to the point where he's he's fucking kicking my ass. And I'm now, uh, we just talked about this, how I, I'll fuck with him. I used to fuck with him. Give him one, like just let, you know, maybe accidentally fall off the edge a little early, give it to him. He's he's legitimately like, he's, he's maining Ganon right now. Fucking just whooping me. And I think Ganon, I just struggle against. I struggled against Ganon when all of us played this weekend. Like I even beat your Yosh. That never happens. I was feeling good, and then just Andrew coming in with the slowest punch. I couldn't fucking get the timing right on the counter, and he just killed me. <sighs> but, I mean, you did leave while you were pretty ahead. You got a win on me. I think you beat Max, and then you lost to Andrew, and then the, the rooms kind of struggled, and then you're like, peace, I'm out. I got to get back to work, or whatever your excuse was. But had a good time. I was playing with those guys for a couple hours that day. 
And uh, we had some little hiccups on the internet, but that could have just been Snowpocalypse 2019 or what have you. Man, y'all dodged a bullet. You guys went from like 14-inch prediction, two weeks of madness to 24 hours of madness. Yeah, a little bit longer than that. It was about two days where there was snow on the ground, but late Sunday got some rain and it just turned to slush. But before that, I had like six inches of snow on my car and there were people struggling on division, just sliding down the hill. It was it was pretty entertaining watching ladies trying to drive an SUV on the road just at a slight incline and they just can't handle it. I'm like, well, I'm glad I'm not out there. I'm inside sitting next to a nice gas fireplace, chilling out playing Smash Bros with my bros on the web. Come on. There's nothing better than a snow day. I mean, 14 to 21 snow days consecutively, that's pretty tough, especially in a state where they declare emergency and shut down everything when it snows or ice. Yeah, just there's there's no infrastructure in place to handle that kind of that kind of weather in the Portland metro area in spe- in particular. But you're always dealing with these fucking assholes who are like, oh, people can't drive in the snow, blah, blah, blah. And they're the ones causing trouble on the roads because they're cocky assholes. Yeah. And we have different kinds of snow out, out in the West as, a, as opposed to the Midwest where it gets hit and it's like zero degrees out. So the dro- the snow's really dry. Right. But we get like the snow melts a little bit, then it tr- then it freezes overnight and turns into ice on top of snow on top of ice and it just becomes a nightmare. Right. It's super dangerous. And uh, we, we, we dodged that bullet down in Eugene. And uh, you guys, I don't know what happened. That storm just moved on through. Man, I, got, I stocked up. I was charging external batteries. Went to the grocery store amidst my fever, right? Like I said, made sure all my devices were charged so I could still fucking play shit when inevitably we lost power. I was prepared. I was like, dude, it's going down. Had my 3DS ready to go. That's how you knew wow. the storm was a coming, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like if it snows, I'm finally playing Fire Emblem Fates. Yeah, right? But alas, <laughs> it was not in my fate. Oh, nice. Because we missed the snow. But Wargroove. Oh, yeah, Wargroove. Yeah, that's what that's what we were getting to. Yeah, I, I've been following it for the past like two years now. When they first showed it, I think it was like that first Nindies event in February 2017. And I was like, yes, this is what I want. <laughs> and I just, I waited and waited like everybody else. Got There were some people who got some hands on maybe around last year, but they'd been kind of holding off on a release window sort of. And they finally just dropped it at the end of the month or the beginning of February. And I, of course, bought it up real quick. And it's really hard, for one. Yeah. And it's a bit arcane, and it's it doesn't really communicate very well to you what the conditions are right. for getting different ranks. Because, of course, you want a three-star everything. But after two acts, I'm like, I'm scraping by with one star. So I'm like, I don't want to spend another 50 minutes trying to go for no. a three-star. I quickly got over that. For context, Wargroove is, again, uh, Fire Emblem meets Advanced Wars. Primarily Advanced Wars. I mean, the only thing Fire emblem about it is that it's sort of in a medieval setting. But beyond that, it's troops that you're creating and spending money on creating. There's no RPG elements like at all. It's just your hit points versus their hit points. And very minor sort of... Uh, troop certain troops doing better against other troops like it's not quite as simple as a as a weapon triangle as they have in fire emblem but it's also not like you're not like leveling up your characters or anything there's no progression in that aspect yeah you're right when you say it's super difficult uh and and i played the first act and i said "Ah, it's not so bad like there's a lot to learn and i feel like every level yeah there are new troops and there's new there are different win conditions and you know, I, just, I played one in Act Two where it's like now there's fog and I'm having to send out certain troops to 
to so I can see the map. And it's right. like, and, but they, those guys take damage really easily. And it's like, it's just so many, you're, you're, you're spinning so many plates trying to yeah. get a grasp on this game. And all, all the while, it's like, if you make literally one wrong move, like you're going to die. It's not going to happen for 14 turns, but you're going to look back and say, turn seven, that's where I fucked up. If I would have done this, and I could have done this. And you're retroactively playing this game of chess, unraveling all the, your fucking mistakes. You're like, oh no. What did I do? <laughs> I got to tell you, man, I'm still enjoying it very much. Like I, I, like all day I've been thinking about it. I can't wait to crawl into bed at like nine, a little early tonight, and just like play one level, which takes about an hour. But there's nothing more disheartening than getting an hour into a level and realizing I'm going to lose. And unluckily for you, there's no like mid-match saving. Like you can back out of a match and like exit to your home screen and go back to it later, but you can't like save state basically. You can't save scum. Yeah. And that's... That's really disheartening, especially when you say the matches take so long. But I think they've outlined some um, stuff they're going to be updating in their next patch. And uh, along with that is, uh, so currently if you change the, because there's like a really in-depth difficulty scaling where you can change the amount of damage your opponents deal, the amount of damage uh, you take. I mean, it's like, there's a bunch of different sliders you can mess around with. How much but if you money turn you make? your difficulty down, yeah, that kind of stuff. If you turn any of that down, you automatically max out at getting one star from a match. Yeah. Which is a bummer. But they're changing the way that scales. They're changing the they're adding more UI to it so that you know a little bit more easily what troops are better against what other troops. And they're also adding to the levels. They're going to say how many turns it'll be for you to get a three star or a two star or one star, which oh, would good. be really nice. So I'm not like, oh, I hit 20 turns and I'm automatically not going to get a three star. So why do I keep playing? I can You can back out and just start over again if you want. Right. And it seems like the star system is based purely on the amount of turns it takes you to win, not based on your troops defeated or troops lost or any of that kind of stuff. It's just how many turns it takes to win. So I think... My main problem is I've been playing too defensively. I've been trying to just win through attrition, and it's not rewarding me for that. And it's also making the matches last even longer. So I want to I want to go back in with that knowledge in, in mind and see if I can play more aggressively and get some three stars where I was previously getting one or two. So I don't like the like level rank system. I don't don't like it because I feel like. This game especially really pushes me to to think strategically. A game like Fire Emblem, it gets to a point where I really I'm just min maxing the best combinations, the best weapons with the best character, the best abilities. More of a power fantasy. You're just like steamrolling over the opposition at a certain point. There's literally a, there is one right way to do things in those games, and the type of guy I am, like that's my brain wants to. I want to figure out what's the optimal way to do this, and that's that's one way to play, but. It also means there's only one way to play for me. That can get to a point where, especially like Fire Emblem Awakening, for example, dude, the last couple missions of the game, I rolled out four characters. I paired them up and had two units. Fucking cleaned the final three boards with two units. Like, it's absurd, right? And so you're really taking the strategy out at that point. I feel good doing that because I grinded and I put the work in to make these characters. Right. It's the it's what's fun about RPGs is getting so strong that the opposition doesn't matter. This game is purely tactics and there's so much to think about like i said you're spinning so many plates that's really rewarding for me like i really enjoyed like uh uh, last night for example 
I was playing, I just started Act 2 when they introduced the fog and that map was so hard. My my, uh, my brother Andrew is stuck on that same, it took him three or four tries. Yeah, 2-2 two, two is a hard wall. 2-1 is like, this seems pretty tough, but then 2-2 two, two is really, it's pretty fucked up. Oh, great. That's what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do tonight. Because it gets the, it introduces like the idea of like choke points and that on top of the fog of war and the uh, opponent commander is really finicky and he'll like run away a lot and it's mm. super annoying so it's hard to like get a, a force to overwhelm them which is what I was doing because I, I didn't know that the stars were purely based on turns spent so it's tough yeah well that's that's the when it comes to the stars per level or whatever you know so last night I played the first time it was level two two where there's there's a choke point on the bridge um, that separates uh, where my barracks is and where their barracks was at Sorry, I'm having a stroke. And I, I get my commander caught there. He just gets completely surrounded. All however many tiles, I don't know, nine tiles, 12 tiles, whatever. Um, he just, he's dead as fuck. I'm, there's literally nothing I can do. And I'm like, well, not going to do that again. And your commander is so strong. It's basically like a queen in chess where they will like one shot all their, all your opponents, like troops pretty much. But then if you push too far, especially at the fog of war, you don't know where their guys are at. And suddenly you're just surrounded. Then it becomes really easy to overextend. Yeah. No, exactly. The second time I got snuck up on from the back, I'm like shit. So I was like, okay, so next time I'm going to keep my commander protected in the middle. My goal is just enemy or is to spawn more units. So I was like, all right, those are my two goals. And then I'm going to wait till I clear out the entire back line before I push forward. Boom. I did that. I was playing strategically. And then I, I, I and then, you know, I was really like, and I set my troops out one, two, three spread across the map and I have little pockets of guys and I can start funneling in from the outside, get all their hidden troops and push in under their barracks. And I felt really satisfied, kind of like, all right, I lost once, I learned, I lost again, I learned, and now I'm formulating like my perfect battle plan, right? And and I and I do it and I got two stars, but the satisfaction of of actually learning as I go and progressing and and then effectively, you know, completing a mission just to get to the end of it and say, Oh, I did something wrong. Like, how could I have done that better? The, the, the level tiers, I, I feel like it's punishing me. So there is one way to do it still all that strategy, all that, that mixing and matching and experimenting. There's still only one optimal way to do this, to get, to get the three stars. And I don't like that. I want, I just wish that was gone and not polluting my mind. Cause I see it. And I'm like, I got to play it again. I got to do it again. I got to get three stars. Not to mention you, you spend those stars unlocking other like game modes and stuff. What the fuck? That's stupid. I didn't know that you earn stars also from the other game. Well, I actually don't know how they, how, like what you spend them on. You spend them on stuff. I know that. And I know there's a, like a secret, ending with like an extra level if you get enough stars but you get stars from the other modes like the arcade mode and the challenge mode and those are like the challenge mode is like you have one turn to solve this problem and the arcade mode is like here's five maps in a row right and they seem like they're pretty cool and fleshed out based on like certain commanders uh my main problems with the campaign is that it does weird stuff where i think in the first level of act two you, you, you're moving up, you're just the fog of war, you're moving up, and then suddenly they're like, oh, we're just going to spawn some units on the south side of the map that you just left. Yeah. Like, well, they didn't tell me that was going to happen halfway through this match. Now I'm unprepared completely and I have to double back. Whereas 
so that basically just means okay so you have to play you either restart right there or you you play it through see how it happens or you just have to play that level twice because you're not going to get three stars in your first time because you're going to get your barracks wiped out or your, one of your villages wiped out which cuts your income and you need that to keep producing troops right because you're up against an enemy that's also producing income and also producing troops and that could be like really hard to push that attrition to take their villages because this is a big mess that's kind of tough that's my main like issue with the campaign but as far as like story stories like fun and cute whatever introducing different characters i am interested to try out some like multiplayer do some like 1v1s see how that plays out because one of the i think it was the arcade or one of the side challenges on the campaign was pretty much a 1v1 where you have a set amount of troops there's no villages no barracks and you're just like well how do i beat them and it's more like chess that way and that's kind of interesting and i want to try that against other people more of like a pvp kind of scenario and they have a their online system they have it where you guys can sit there as playing against each other or you can play um and then you can just shut the game off go to work and come back and then do your turn and so you can play a game over a course of several days without having to like keep your game you know open on the map we're playing with a live connection to each other not to mention there's cross play there's custom uh, map creation. There's custom campaigns that people can create, including a fully fledged like uh, cutscene editor with like text box and all that. Like, it's super full featured for a twenty dollar like indie game. Really cool. I really want to see what happens with this game as they keep updating it and patching it and improving the kind of minor quality of life issues that I have. Right. And well, it's it's interesting because you see an indie developer put out a game like this and it's an instant success. They made their development uh budget back in like three days or something big indie you know like chucklefish they made you know starbound and they published a lot of games like they published stardew valley yeah but it's cool to see and i hope that this sends a message to developers that we want games like this the these kind of games do well obviously you're not going to make a triple a turn-based strategy game with some hand-drawn pixel art you're not going to do that right but there's there's a place in the market for this and we don't need you know we don't want to wait you know, every six years before we get something cool like this. Well, I mean, and when's the last time uh, Advance Wars? Well, the, when was the last game of that franchise? Uh, Days of Ruin on the DS. I think that was 2010. It's almost a decade ago. Yeah. Intelligent Systems just been busy making Fire Emblem and Bad Paper Mario's. Uh, the, somehow we always come back to Paper Mario on this podcast. <laughs> you know how disheartening that is? The uh, the albatross around our neck. Uh, well, you know what we haven't been playing, Nick? But the rest of the world has been. I think I know. <laughs> I think you know. And if you're listening, you probably know. Fucking Respawn dropped a Battle Royale game. Out of nowhere. Literally, they're like, Titanfall 3 is dead. Play this. And it was just like that. The whole world was playing this. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, sure. I'll do that. It's free. Fuck it. So Apex Legends. Yeah, Respawn's answer to the Battle Royale craze. PUBG, uh, uh, Fortnite. Blackout. Yeah, the Call of Duty one. Um and then the one that we talked about last week that's totally dead. Uh, that wasn't a Battle Royale. Well, what what was the other one that was... Well, we talked about hero shooters. We talked about uh, Battleborn and maybe Lawbreakers. That's what we about. But there was oh. also the, the Cliffy B one that was Radical Heights that had like bikes and stuff in it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And then Paladins has a Battle Royale also called Realm Royale. So totally the next big thing in gaming, obviously. And we're sitting here thinking and saying to ourselves, when's this going to die? Has to be soon, right? Yeah, yeah. Fortnite's kind of on a downturn. People were kind of unhappy with a couple of the things they've done recently. There's there's sort of a, a Fortnite fatigue. And then, boom, this game comes out, and it's, you know, the most 
read some of these numbers. Some of these record-setting numbers for this game in the first week. It dropped last Monday, and within eight hours, it reached one million players. And then within 24 hours, it reached 2.5 million players. Then within three days, it hit 10 million players. And as of maybe four hours ago, Vince Ampella, the head of Respawn, tweeted out that they are now 25 million players deep. That's insane. Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty quick growth. So I got to tell you, when, when, when this was announced, I saw Jason Schreier, I think it was Jason Schreier tweeting initially about how, because this was a totally surprise release, they, they were like, they're like, hey, Titanfall's not happening. By the way, here's this game. Okay. And Jason Schreier was like, that's weird because I definitely saw Titanfall 3 being developed with my own eyeballs. And and I got I was fucking pissed. I was like, here we go. Fucking EA shooting another developer in the goddamn foot. You know, this team's been working on this game. Titanfall 2 was so great. I had such a great uh, uh, single player building off of what people loved about the first one in their multiplayer. And they shot themselves in the foot with that game. It sold like shit. And now we're not getting a Titanfall 3 because EA does not have to fucking manage anything that they're doing. And so it's kind of pissed me off. But at the same time, it's like, well, now look at Respawn. Not to mention the the quotes coming from Respawn totally belie that assumed sort of state that you kind of think that EA is the one ruining this. They're the ones that, you know, quote unquote, killed Titanfall 2 or killed the prospect of Titanfall 3. Right. Where... Drew McCoy, the lead producer. Uh, let me read this whole quote because this is like a lot of ballsy stuff coming from someone who's owned by EA. To try and convince a skeptical audience uh, for months with trailers and hands-on articles, we're just like, let the game speak for itself. It's the most powerful antidote to potential problems. We're doing a free-to-play game with essentially loot boxes after we were bought by EA and it's not Titanfall 3. It's the perfect recipe for a marketing plan to go awry. So I have that. Let's just ship the game and let the players play. The world thinks we're making Titanfall 3 and we're not. This is what we're making. Oh, dude. Like they wanted to do this. Yeah. They had this plan. They're the ones that said, let's put this out now up, like, up against Anthem that's coming out in two weeks or maybe not up against, but in concert with, it yeah. could be beneficial to it. And for many regards, if they cross promote well, and I've also read that they were the ones that wanted Titanfall 2 in between Battlefield and Call of Duty. So like, who knows? Respawn's ballsy. They're ex-Infinity Ward guys. They don't give a fuck. They like, we have confidence in our product and whether or not that's earned is, I mean, it reviewed well. I don't know if it sold particularly well. Titanfall 2. It, it did not. And this seems like it's doing extremely well. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and I guess at the end of the day, if they're developing a game that people are playing, they're making money. They're happy. Yeah. Who are we to judge? I mean, neither of us are going to play a battle royale anytime soon. And you might have been excited for a Titanfall 3, but Titanfall 2 didn't sell well. So maybe that's why they didn't go for a 3. Maybe they were just pushing that off for a later date. They I mean, also yeah. had some talk about they had their engine based on the Source engine and that was starting to look outdated. So they didn't want to keep pushing toward that, especially with next-gen consoles coming out soon. I'm sure they want to tweak their engine more and get some tech upgrades before they try to put out a polished AAA $60 game. Yeah. And I think just dropping this game like they did... And that quote's pretty telling, but I think that totally worked. If they had announced this game six or 12 months ago and let it ride, hey, here's some development footage, here's, come play it at E3, come play it at fucking PAX or what the fuck ever, and then... Would have been received as well as Diablo Immortal, probably. Yeah, it would have been like, totally oh, great. Banned. EA making Respawn make a, a free-to-play Battle Royale game. That checks all the boxes. Right. Instead, they said, fuck it, we released it. 
took the world by storm. People are liking it, and people are liking it more than the alternatives. It's doing something supposedly unique. I don't know anything about the the game itself. I know that it includes or incorporates the verticality that uh, you got in your mechs uh, in Titanfall. So it's it builds on kind of what they were doing well in those games. Yeah, but without the abilities, like there's no wall running or double jumps, but each of the individual legends, as they call them, it's not heroes like Overwatch, it's legends. Legends. But they all have, you know, specific ultimate powers and special abilities that have a, a cooldown. So they all feel somewhat unique and they're kind of kind of playing to both of those sort of uh, benefits from like Overwatch and then stuff like, you know, the tricking map that every battle royale has. And I've read that they have kind of cool um, systems in play where, so you're forced to be in a squad of three. And if you see like, oh, there's stuff over here, there's equipment over here, you can tag it and it'll let your teammates know that you see something without having to like rely on voice comms to communicate with your partners. I think there's some really cool um, ideas in there. Like I can't think of the amount of times that I've been playing a multiplayer shooter with boys and i see something i'm like i wish i could communicate to them where this thing is i just have to describe the area and i don't play this game enough to be like uh it's over by box what right. box it's like well i'm, I'm dumb I'm, it's over by me i don't know where i am but it's near me so having that kind of system in play is pretty interesting yeah uh this is just as an aside the the voice chat app or the voice chat the sdk for uh, that's built into like Fortnite and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's being released on Switch. It's adding a uh, ability to work on Switch. It's just a middleware kind of thing. Okay, so I don't know why well, you're what you're just saying totally reminded me of that. That's not on our list here. But yeah, anyway. Yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know about this Apex Legends thing, man. It's it's the next thing as far as what it means for Anthem. That's about to drop, and Anthem's already had all of its own issues. Uh, I have a feeling Anthem's going to be a total and complete failure, and then in six months or 12 months, it's either going to do what Destiny did, which is fix itself and become a game worth playing, and people are going to play it, or they're going to just shoehorn their, uh, you know, another crappy Battle Royale onto the Anthem mechanics. And <laughs> There's not even standard PvP on Anthem, so I doubt that they would do that. They're going to have to pick up the scraps in some form or another, so I don't know. Who knows what that looks like? I mean... I think it's sort of par for the course for a games of service PVE game to launch and sort of come out to a little fanfare and then sort of grow and fix itself over over six months to a year. That's kind of what Destiny 1 did. It's what Destiny 2 did. It's what Division did. It's what all these like loot shooters do. Fucking No Man's Sky, bro. Well, yeah, No Man's Sky, known loot shooter. <laughs> no, but you just that's the that's the formula. Apparently, that game's really worth playing. Eh, it's probably really way more worth playing than it was before but i mean going from zero to one is like a, a huge improvement wow oh ye of little faith going from zero to run okay have you played like fortnite or anything yeah i play fortnite i probably put like five or ten hours into it i feel like i need to give one of these games a try just to say i did like i feel like the old man just said like the games i had in my day battle royale what what is this yeah i mean a lot of them are free to play so all you're wasting is bandwidth. Go ahead, download download Apex Legends on PS4 or give it a try. I did download uh, Fortnite on Switch a while ago. I haven't played it yet. Dude, okay, you know what's so funny to me? I got to read this text message because I don't know who it came from. I, gotta, I, I was sitting at work today. It's from a Portland area code. Not a lot of punctuation. 
So I get a hey, comma, so a lot of O's, okay? Have you heard of Apex Legends? Long story short, it's like Overwatch mixed with PUBG, and while all my friends play PS4 and it's not crossplay yet, you are literally the only person I know who plays PC and was wondering if you could play with me. I have no fucking clue who that is. Who who the fuck do I know who doesn't have anything but a PC and would be asking me to play this fucking game with them? I have no I literally don't have a goddamn clue. I haven't responded. I don't know. I, it's just like what a like what a weird thing. Hey, so Hey, so yeah, motherfucker. I've heard of Apex Legends, and no, I'm not gonna play with you. Yes, I have Twitter, and no, I don't like it. Uh, I don't even care anymore. I'm hate with this Microsoft thing, this Xbox Live nonsense. You saw this, and the truth isn't as sensationalized as the headlines made it seem. Yeah, I mean, everyone just sees the words Xbox and Nintendo in the same sentence, and then they start getting their panties in a twist. So, so Microsoft's working on. This service that's going to... Not even a service, just a SDK. An XDK. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. XDK cross-development. You get it? Wow. XDK. Xbox gonna give it to you. <laughs> God damn it, stop. And what it's gonna give to you is Fred lists and achievements. Oh my God. So they're, they're, when they came out, and they said what the, it was going to allow them to do. It was pretty funny. They're like, Xbox Live is expanding from 400 million gaming devices and a reach of over 68 million to over 2 billion devices. <laughs> like 2 that, billion devices. That sounds good. 2 billion devices. It's a lot of devices, dude. A lot of people. So people immediately thought, oh my God, you can buy Xbox games on a fucking Switch or on iOS or whatever. No, no, no. Ori switch when I know right cuphead switch when honestly though rare replay switch when well that's what people are jumping to seriously but it, it has nothing to do with that no. it's gonna allow developers who choose to do it and I don't know how this works again you know how does does Nintendo allow games that have been developed using this new XDK like is there gonna be I, I doubt Nintendo would do that to Microsoft because they've been playing buddy buddy, but it's like I mean it's fishy. the equivalent to it's 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 middleware. It's like how you can chat with people on Fortnite on your Switch if the with other people that are on PS4 or PC. I mean it's just like if you own a game that is also an Xbox and having crossplay with it, then you can use your Xbox like friend list to to team up with them or to sure. get achievements for Rocket League on your Switch for your Xbox Live account if you log into it. That it's as simple as that. It's exciting. Why? It's exciting so you can get achievements? Who gives a shit? No, just just the idea of well, and partially it's exciting because Nintendo's ecosystem sucks ass and here we are 10 years or or more since uh Microsoft or 10 years I think since Microsoft completely revolutionized online gaming and the online marketplace and the online ecosystem. And here they are 10 years later bringing it to Nintendo. Nintendo still hasn't copied that. And so Microsoft's like, fuck it, we're going to bring it to you. I like this idea because, quite frankly, PS4 is my main console. And if Sony can manage to not fuck things up going into the next gen, I'm going to stick with Sony. I'm not a trophy hunter. I'm not going to go out looking to platinum this or that. Spider-Man was kind of a special exception. And Spyro kind of got that bug because collect-a-thon platformer. That's just the nature of the beast. Comfort food. I would love to be able to just finish that game on Switch this summer, but still get my achievements on on PS4. And so 
Microsoft opening this door, inevitably Sony would follow suit, I feel like, at some point. What, what would benefit Sony for this? Microsoft's doing it because they want to be on everything. Sony just wants to be on Sony. They've shown that, like, with every move they've made, they're just like, oh, I guess we'll let cross-play happen with some games. It's a beta, but we do the cross-play best. Okay, Trump. Like, seriously, like, that's their, that's their stance on it. They're really not, they're not budging very much with that. Also, Microsoft is, like, they're a software company, and they've been doing stuff like this on PC for years and years. Maybe not always the best, and having, like, weird flubs, like, games on Microsoft or whatever that was. But, like, you can run Office Suite on uh, Apple computers. What can you run that's owned by Apple on a Microsoft computer? Just iTunes. Right. That's it. Well... (laughs) It's a consumer-friendly move. I like it. Most gamers are not a single console or a single ecosystem household, right? And so for me, being like, yeah, I, I it, there's there's utility in it. Um, would I pay for that? Right? No, not not that worth it to me. But if it's there, I will gladly utilize it. And I, I like I like the sound of it. This is only going to affect you if this is you know it's an SDK, so it's for developers. And if developers want to use it, then then you'll see it used, right? But it's not like you're going to see a Microsoft. A live or Xbox Live app on your Switch like that—that that doesn't make sense. That wouldn't be useful in any way. It's only like if Minecraft. Well, I mean, even now you have to log into your Microsoft credentials on Minecraft just so you can join other people's worlds with like the newer update. So Minecraft is is like the test bed for that in a lot of ways. What if what if you could or what if they will eventually roll out an XBLA like on other platforms? I mean, think about it. They got to swallow some pride and eat some crow, but boom, you, you just opened up to another 110, 120 million consoles you can sell your games on. That's a different proposition because that's Xbox working with the opposing platform holders. Yeah. As opposed to this is just Microsoft working with developers sure. that happen to be working with other platform holders. Well, speaking of Nintendo Switch and their online. You know, I had a great segue I was rolling into and then you hit, you hit me with that generic ass speaking of. I was rolling right into it, man. And you hit me with the speaking of. Just ripping it out, man. Just ripping it Why out. Why you gotta blow my spot like this, man? Why you, you gotta blow me out? Like blew this? Me I'm out, trying man. to be helpful. I'm trying to I'm trying to My only contribution was the segue. And you took it from me. All right, so speaking of Nintendo Switch online. <laughs> Sorry. Really busted my balls. <laughs> okay. Give it to me. Well, you didn't even want to talk about this, so I have to like drag you into it. Because we got financial reports, and along with that came investor Q&A. And I think this is probably the most interesting one that came up during that Q&A. Right. Was someone asking you about Nintendo Switch Online. The Nintendo Switch Online service is off to a great start. But what do you plan to offer members going forward? And this is very, very relevant to what we were talking about a few weeks ago with SNES games. And they replied... A growing percentage now opting for shorter plans like the one-month membership. Last year, we reported that over half were opting for a 12-month family or individual membership. We are currently planning ways to boost the appeal of the service on a yearly basis. I so don't, I'm wondering if this means that what I suspected, that they're going to like just trek through, go through with the NES for a full year before they add anything worthwhile after that, or if they're going to do things quicker or... Or what? Because we've already seen like the SNES game titles and the and the data for the Nintendo Switch Online app, right? And we've seen code names for different emulators, and that's just up to speculation what those are for. 
I mean, for all we know, they could be Mega Drive and freaking Genesis. Just crap we don't actually need or want. This is interesting to me. I don't know how to decipher this because the other two companies charge $60 a year for the right to play their games online. Uh, you obviously, you get the Xbox Gold, you get the PlayStation uh, PS Plus, the free games. Yeah, free games that you don't actually want. <laughs> Nine times out of ten, they're all just crap. They gave them all, all the good ones away fucking four years ago. But but that's there. And then obviously the cloud saves and the, this and that. But it's not really that great of a value proposition. What you are getting for that $60 is you know that you're getting a quality ecosystem and a good network and 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 a team that is keeping this alive and running well. Um, so that money is going where it should go. It's maintaining this ecosystem and, and making it worth our time. Nintendo, this is so interesting because Nintendo is charging a third of what the com- uh, competitors are, and they're offering their free games. I think it's a totally unconventional way of doing things, but I think it's there's probably more value there in like, hey, just give us a ton of retro games for a Nintendo gamer. But then obviously yeah, you're- on a on a dollar proposition, I think that the because they've shown that they value their NES games at about five bucks a pop and it's a growing library. So you've got like access to what, like 30 games at this point. Right. So just in that, just the pure dollar value, it's it's decent. But people are still not totally on board for this. They're opting for shorter for shorter uh, uh, subscription plans and which is just so weird because again, twenty dollars for a year is it's just nothing, right? Yeah, and I think for a month it's what, like four bucks? And so maybe it's just that smaller number of people see and they say, I'd rather pay four bucks a month than twenty dollars now. You know, maybe that's what it is. Right. Just tr- just try it out, see see what it's like. And a lot of people jumping on for Smash Bros and right. getting their first switch and getting Mario Kart and wanting to play online, check that out too. And so is it just a different kind of gamer that is investing in this ecosystem? Or is it people are realizing, hey, you're like charging me for something I never had to pay for before on any platform and you're doing it really awfully. Like not only are your developers not implementing online the way they should, you know, for example, Splatoon this weekend, how many times did, you know, we all, there's six or seven of us trying to get into a goddamn room together. You know how long that took? It took like 40 minutes before we all ended up in the same lobby. And you know what happened after the first match, Nick? Multiplayer maps have been updated. We all get kicked out of the fucking lobby so they can roll over the maps. And then took two more turns before we all, or took two more turns of me waiting to get into the lobby again with people. And I said, fuck this. I'm, I'm done. I'm turning it off. I'm not playing. That's fucking bullshit. Yeah, they really need to make sure their first party offerings are like prime examples of the best possible, you know, time that you could have with it. But they have not shown that to be their strong suit in their first no. party. So no, and it's really mixed because your Splatoon offerings are different than your arms offering different from Mario Kart different from Smash Bros. It's all different sort of implementation and all. I mean, it has to be because, you know, Mario Kart is a 12 person game and Splatoon is an eight person game and Smash Bros is a two to four person game and arms is a one V one or sometimes two V two or sometimes, you know, it's all like random, but they should all be good because Nintendo has to show, Hey, this is worth paying for. And if you're, if you're going to have a bad time of the game, you're going to play in the service, even though they're not really that related. And, but people can't understand that because all they're from a consumer perspective, if the game's not doing it right, then it's the fault of the service also. And well, the service isn't very good, you know, on its own. There's no voice chat. There's no message system. There isn't even a proper friend system. Like it, like it's just not very good. And suddenly we're paying for it. And and so I want I wonder if people are, are realizing that. For me, it's like 
yeah, the service is shitty as it's ever been, but I am a crappy consumer and I, I would rather play my games and you know, like, like our buddy drew friend of the podcast still hasn't bought the online, like just being an obstinate fucker. Like, and good for him for sticking to his principles. Like, like he's, he is voting with his wallet and that's like, that's what I'm always saying you should do. If you really believe in something or don't want someone to do something shady or some, you know, some anti-consumer practice, like good, you're voting with your wallet. Is he just being a lazy fucker? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what in which it is. But I tell you, I miss playing Splatoon with him. Leaf and I are always bugging him. It all bears out to the the same effect yeah, in the end. Right. Last thing on the list here. I don't know, man. There's been a lot of talk in the industry with with the with with Rockstar and overworking people and pitching pennies and then Telltale imploding last year. The tell yeah, obviously. But who was it? The the, the guy who got some crazy and uh, guy is the guy from help me out here. Soccer. Was it EA? The fucking tall, weird robot man who got like hundred million dollars in like incentives and perks and shit or something. Yeah. That was the, the big EA man. Yeah. The big <laughs> EA robot. Uh, it's a, the newest, I don't know. The newest thing here we see is the act, uh, Activision blizzard just gave this crazy bonus to their CEO. And, Meanwhile, everyone's reporting uh, these these layoffs that are happening. Yeah, I mean that's not entirely related, but it's it is a good sort of visualization of how well the people higher up are treated and how poorly the people lower down are treated. Right, and and there's a lot of talk of like game developers unionizing, and that's a whole nother mess. Yeah, whether or not that would even work, especially with how international these companies are, it right. can get really messy. It'd be really tough. Uh, but but tell me about about this. The layoffs were announced, and their their shares well, have not announced. plummeted. Sorry, it's been leaked basically. Leaked. So people on the inside know that this is happening. Uh, so Activision Blizzard, they're going to be laying off probably in the number like hundreds of people, multiple hundreds, and they employ over ninety eight hundred people as of twenty seventeen. But it seems like. Uh, they're trying to restructure. They've been doing a lot of restructuring with their their higher ups and their CEOs, CFOs, all that kind of stuff. Um, one of the co-founders of Blizzard just stepped out last year, and he's fi- he's fully leaving the company as of April. And Activision, they just have been having a bad time. I mean, they just lost Bungie, like what three weeks ago now. Did they lose <laughs> that was Bungie. Really or recent. They cut them loose because they weren't worth the headache anymore. I mean, either way, that was a that was a guaranteed profit year over year. And it's just like they're reevaluating. It seems like on the inside, right? Uh, they're going to be ta- they're doing their investor call tomorrow, and that's like sort of the impetus behind their layoffs. It seems like, and this isn't just Activision; it's all the the big AAA companies. You know, EA, Ubisoft, and Take Two are also uh, their their shares have been just dropping and dropping. I shared some numbers, like so Activision. They're at their peak in September. I think that was right after BlizzCon when they announced Diablo, which, you know, fans uh, reacted poorly to that, but investors knew that, okay, we're going to get big bucks from China. But their shares were at $83 in September, and they're now currently at $40, which is a big difference. That's real bad. I shared with you in uh, the, our, our little chat a screenshot of their five-year sort of trajectory of their shares. And it's a bit, you know, it's 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 crawling up, crawling up, getting real high, and then just dropping <sighs> at the very end. I mean, there's a nice steady crawl. I mean, from the last four years, and then it just plummets. Ever since, uh, ever since 
I'd say Overwatch came out in early 2016. They had just been going up and up. And it was similar with EA and Ubisoft. They've all had sort of similar trajectories. And I am not an investor or an analyst or an accountant or, you know, any kind of money person, but I see their shares drop off so, so hard. I'm like, damn, dude, that's got to hurt for them. And they got to be feeling that squeeze. They're, they're riding high and now they got to, they got to trim the fat and reevaluate what they're doing to make money because they're just been riding on call of duty year over year. And like what's Blizzard put out since 2016, nothing. It was just overwatch. I, I was reading through what you wrote here earlier, and I'm thinking to myself, like, is this just the vicious cycle of being a game developer and publisher? Like, they were riding high for for four years. You know, they've been they put out hit after hit after hit. You know, from from Overwatch to Hearthstone to God, what what was their uh, their MOBA? Heroes was not a hit. It did well. It was like it was on ESPN, third- bro. I mean, they paid for it to be on ESPN. Well, what fair. did they make off of that? <laughs> fair. I mean, you're seeing what they're spending, not what they're making. Yeah. And they just stopped spending on it. So clearly they weren't making enough. They're printing money though, essentially. And now we see them going to a little bit of a slump because they're not riding those highs anymore. Again, four years. I mean, Overwatch is fucking four years ago. You know? Three three years ago. But 2015? 2016. April 2016. Oh, Really? I swear to God, it was like fall 15. Okay, all right. Time flies when you don't know what's happening in your life. <laughs> Three years. So is this just the next cycle? Like they're not printing money anymore. And so they're going to enter a lull here while they think of the next big thing, hopefully, right? And they develop their next set of, of whatever's next for them. And and you look at this and say like, why wasn't there better planning? Like why wasn't there like a staggered like... And who I don't know how it all works, but you almost feel like you guys had four years of printing money. You, you guys didn't. You don't know what's next. You didn't figure this out. It seems like Activision Blizzard had a very interesting sort of duality to them, where Activision was relying heavily on yearly franchises, whether it was Guitar Hero, which fizzled out from under them, or Tony Hawk, which fizzled out from under them, and now they're what left with Call of Duty, but still making the most money every year. And then Blizzard was like the the biggest art house developer, basically, where there's they can take infinite time to make what they want and they'll they'll succeed. I mean, they're at like Rockstar levels where it's just like, well, we'll make a game every five years, but you people eat it up and they'll have a super long tail. And it seems like Activision's like starting to move in a little bit and start having a little bit more control over how Blizzard runs things. And they're trying to push Blizzard to be like, hey, you can put a game out in three years and we are hurting. We need you to put out games, too. Right. Did you see that um, Activision's having to refund a bunch of Guitar Hero Live purchases? Yeah, in full. Yeah, I, I, I saved that picture. I was going to share it with you too, but <laughs> man, funny. what a what a whew, over over That's funny. false advertising and they're shutting their service down and screwing everyone over who uh, the few people who bought the game. All part of their end user license agreement, where it's like, hey, we're going to support this service for X amount of years, and they cut that out short, so they got to do some refunds. Oh man. So sucks for those five people that bought Guitar Hero Live. You know, it's funny because you said, oh, Guitar Hero got yanked and, and Tony Hawk got yanked. And, it, you know, how tough is it to just... They were riding so high on those things. Those were super huge franchises. I mean, Rock Band was huge too. Oh, yeah. But like, ubiquitous. How, how hard is it to just make, like, why was Tony Hawk 5 a fucking abortion? That game was wretched. Why? There's no reason for it to be bad. We have a template. How do we make a good game? Okay, now you put some good music in and Tony Hawk. 
Boom. Like, why was that game shit? Why was it a glitchy, buggy mess with shitty fucking physics and bad graphics? They tried, they tried to add too much. They didn't think that they could rely on the old formula. Oh, man. I mean, Skate did it. Although we haven't had a Skate game in fucking forever, so. Yeah, good good example there. That was at least a franchise that did really well, and they just never did another one. At least, like, Tony Hawk was like... How well did it do? Okay. Not well enough to keep making them. Let me let me find out. Let me pull it up. And even if it did well by your standards, this doesn't mean it made, it did well by EA standards. We don't know how much money they spent on it and whether that studio is still active or who were the key people in that studio if they left. Like, there's so many moving parts of those things. We don't know. I can't find sales numbers. Reception was, was very high, but anyway, whatever. I think it did the, the normal, like, the first one was good, the second one was better, and the third one was getting worse. Well, Skate 3, that did really, really well. That's the one that I remember. Okay. Yeah. I figured it was it was like every other franchise where it was like one, uh, two, ah, uh, three, uh, mm. you know, <laughs> you know, Assassin's Creed. <laughs> oh God, Ubisoft is releasing a uh, uh, special edition of Assassin's Creed Three. You see, that's coming to Switch. Yeah. Uh, Who cares? <laughs> yeah. Three, the one nobody wants. <laughs> well, it's frustrating because the third one, you know, I played, I enjoyed. It was it, the game came out at a weird time because they were coming off of Etio, who's the most charismatic hero. Could you remind me really quick what the third of the trilogy was for Etio? Because I can only think of two in Brotherhood. Revelations. Revelations. Okay, I pick all this crap up just through osmosis, and I hate it. I don't want this knowledge. <laughs> I don't need it. Curse of I knowledge. I don't need it. It's worthless to me. I like Assassin's Creed two quite a bit. The setting was great, and then you get American Revolution, which you think would be kind of a really cool setting to explore well then it's like you realize yeah boston's kind of flat and it's not really fun to run around as an assassin you start as one character then you play as his weird son and then oh he was actually a, a templar oh no that was the i don't know i i feel like they lost the plot pretty quick with those games the game pretty much well here's the thing the templar present day versus assassin whatever that's all just ancillary to like it's there it sets up and it's a through line through everything it has to be there but you're you know you're playing black flag because you want to play a pirate game you're playing any of these because you want to play a period piece with with some interesting mechanics it's just it's they've really backed off like the Ezio trilogy like the present day stuff was really really key they've really pushed that to the back burner in recent releases but Assassin's Creed 3, I'll sum up like this. It culminates in Paul Revere riding on the back of your horse, telling you which house is to stop at. Thrilling. It's not great. That's that's not great. That's what I come to Assassin's Creed for. Horse riding. Right. No shit. Nick, I'm going to wrap up the podcast because my fucking throat hurts. It's 830. I still have to pack for Vegas. Can I ask you a quick question Please before do. we wrap it up? Please do. Nintendo said it is preparing at least one unannounced Switch title for fiscal year 2019. <laughs> yeah. So after April. Yeah. But the fans would be delighted to know. Mm. Mm. Is this Mother 3 yes or yes? 100% not Mother 3. Um, and if it is Mother mm. 3, by, by some weird off chance, it is going to be a completely butchered, neutered abomination of the game we all have all come to know and love over the last decade. Oh yeah. Oh. So it's yeah, not. Who cares? It's not. It's. It's. I don't care anymore. It's unless they just do the brand translation 
which they'll never never do. It didn't matter. Didn't matter. So EJ, as a Nintendo fan, what would you be delighted to know? Delighted? Delighted. What would delight you? Something that I, I don't already know. Um you're getting Fire Emblem, you're getting Animal Crossing. Those are like your top two. You're getting Pokemon. That's definitely in the top three. What would delight you? What would delight me? We've had Mario, we've had po- uh, 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 Zelda, we've had Smash and Kart. You're not a Pikmin guy. Could I'm not? I mean, Are I like Pikmin the first fans. I don't know. Pikmin is not a good seller. It's not necessarily a fan favorite. It's, it's a Miyamoto favorite, and he matters. Yeah, but it's like his baby. Pikmin Four would not move the needle for anybody. The last sort of heavy hitter that they they have held close to the vest is Mario, Mario Maker. Maker. Mm. you know like mm. that's the last remaining heavy hitter 3d world's a heavy hitter 3d world is a great that would game. delight you it, that would delight me yes that i would love that but you know we're, these wii u ports are inevitable like the inevitable they are coming what about like a, a a super luigi odyssey sort of akin to how they made the new super luigi u sort of weird spinoff not exactly expansion but kind of sequel sort of thing $40 Luigi title where you're jumping around. You're of Luigi 2, baby. Let's go. Maybe, maybe. I mean, I would like, I would rather them do what they did with like, say, Mario Galaxy, where we're going to take the assets and we're going to make something a little more refined and just make another game. It's what you would prefer, but would they do that in a two year turnaround? I don't know. I, I would be really, I would be okay with that. But again, Mario Odyssey was, I, I've liked every other major release better than I like that game. Fine game. Fine game. Great. If that's what you're into, that's awesome. I guess it depends on what you mean by major release, but yeah, I'll give you that. Like, I liked Zelda more. I like Smash more. I like the fucking port of Mario Kart more. I like Splatoon more. I liked what, Kirby. I ah, fuck that game. That new Kirby game sucked. Arms. Well, anyway, yeah, I digress. Okay. <laughs> Mario Party. You're always doing that to me. I, I played a little bit of Mario Party, man. Fuck that game. I don't understand why people like Mario Party. You want to talk about Arcane? That's, that's why people like Mario Party, because fuck that game. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's sort of a self-loathing mixed with a fucking over your friends simulator. Uh, if there's one thing I like doing, it's fucking, my friend, fucking over my friends. Oh, a little bit of a Freudian slip. Uh, fuck that game and fuck this podcast. Nick, where can they find us? Do I have to mute myself? Yeah! <laughs> yeah, you do! <laughs> yeah, you back. Oh, buddy. You can go to consolecrusade.com. Yeah, you can follow me at Presto. Oh, are you EJ listening? Go can ahead you email us? Me? Feedback at consolecrusade.com. We have a Twitter account. Oh, also, console so underscore crusade. We're not very active there, but if you give us a follow, maybe we'll start being active. We might even have a Facebook group, but I don't know. Just search Console Crusade. You might find some shit. And until next time, we're, we're here for you, bud. <laughs> <laughs> Hurt me.